Hello, welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today I'm with Kevin Brendel. Hi. He is, I believe you're one of the owners, right? You're not, you just don't, yep, you're one of the owners of, let me see if I get this name right, Canino. Canino. Canino, who's actually made a very interesting app called QuickFlow. Now, Canino, I'm so curious about the name. Is that actually a German name too? It is not a German name. It actually doesn't have a lot of meaning as far as I know. Um, the name was chosen by some of my, my business partners. Um, it's just a, a nice sounding name, to be honest. Now, do you have a problem with people saying that in Germany or no? In German, it's not hard to pronounce. Um, it's just um, that people sometimes have trouble remembering it or spelling it correctly. Yeah, it's definitely unique. That's a, that's a good thing. So it should have been easy to get the .com, right? Exactly. That's what I think one of the primary motivations behind choosing this name was. Now, how long did it take you to remember the spelling of Canino? For me, I remembered it immediately, to be honest. Okay. I thought maybe it might take you a couple of times because you said you didn't come up with it yourself, right? I didn't call it that myself, but no, for me, it wasn't much of an issue, to be perfectly honest. Now, how many different names did you guys go through before choosing this one? I, to be honest, so the founders of the company were my business partners. I joined later, so I wasn't a part of the process of choosing uh, this name. I mean, I can tell you a little bit about how we chose QuickFlow, the QuickFlow name, which I uh, manage more. All right, let's, let's <laughs> so we're kind of, yeah, you're right. We're actually kind of vendoring off of, from the main topic. So, um, yeah, QuickFlow, I mean, I ran into your app on Reddit. Uh, it's it's basically a mind mapping, but not only mind mapping, right? It has its other things too. Maybe you can give a quick introduction about QuickFlow. Yeah. So we say it's like mind mapping for flows, uh, so for flowcharts and for mind maps, essentially. Um, but what it really is, is like, it works like a mind mapping app, but you're not restricted to a tree structure. So you can have, so each item can have multiple parents and you can also have, uh, connect them to their parents again. So you can have arbitrary graph structures, essentially. Um, the goal was, um, if you want to create like a flowchart, um, usually we use like a normal flowcharting application. And um, most of these are built like graphic design apps, right? You draw your boxes, you draw your lines, etc. And then very quickly, you are very um, focused on trying to arrange everything. And maybe you want to update something in the middle of the graph and you have to move everything around. And suddenly you spend more time thinking about the layout and the styling than you think about the actual structure which you are trying to create. Uh, whereas in the mind mapping application, you can just very quickly focus on your thoughts, right? And it does the layout automatically for you. And the idea was, to create an app which um, allows you to focus on your thoughts even while you are creating uh, something which is not a tree structure uh, and it handles automatic it automatically handles the layout for you and uh, you can then adjust it slightly like the mind mapping app by reordering stuff etc and that's what quickflow does it's, it's quite interesting yeah because i think most other mind mapping apps they you actually have to kind of draw like where those bubbles go right the nodes in in most um, flowchart flowcharting apps, but not also mind mapping too. Yeah, mind mapping. I mean, it, what do you mean by you have to draw where it goes? If I remember correctly, right, you, you actually have to draw a line from one node to to a, somewhere else and then let go, and then the 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 node will then appear. It's been a while since I worked with something like this. Yeah, I, I think it depends. Um, there are some mind mapping apps like where you just press like tap and then a child node appears or you press end and a sibling node appears. And this is also the same workflow which we used for QuickFlow. And then you can uh, like draw additional connections. Oh, how many connections can a single node have? Unlimited in our case. 
and how does it figure out? I mean, because to me, it's quite interesting that the, the layout, you don't have to lay it out yourself. It automatically lays out all by itself. How do you figure out how to lay out the content? Well, it's uh, very complicated and it took us many months of work to actually write uh, the algorithm. Um, as you can imagine, the algorithm itself is like a bit of the secret sauce because it's what really makes it all work. So I cannot tell you exactly how the algorithm works. Um, but uh, I can tell you with regard to Flutter that um, it's all written in Dart, so we don't use any external um, libraries, etc. It's all written in Dart, and Dart was actually reasonably performant because they have to do some very intense calculations, uh, let's say it like that, uh, to get into the state. Because originally, the original prototypes, they had like a normal like mind mapping layout. And this is very simple, obviously, like you just draw the tree, like you can calculate how how, how high each of the subtrees is, etc. And then you can uh, recursively calculate the whole tree layout. Um, but uh, in our case, when you have like a, this flowchart layout, where you don't use all of the vertical space because you have to be able to like condense it vertically again. So it only uses the space, which is really necessary unless and otherwise the crowd start looking very weird and way too big, et cetera, and uh, are not very helpful. Um, it's, it's extremely complicated, at least we found. And also we have like this connector algorithm, not just the node layout algorithm, but also the connector algorithm where we wanted to be able to draw like the connections between the nodes, which can flow like diagonally through the whole graph. Right, so they have to avoid all of the other nodes if you want to avoid overlaps. Um, but we still didn't want to have users to have to um, manually do all of this 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 layout of the connectors. So we just have like you have like a quadratic Bezier curve with just one control point, and then from that we calculate like a, a route through the nodes, um, which 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 is fine without any overlaps and which also looks nice, hopefully. And so that's so we have two layout algorithms which work in conjunction with each other. And but I cannot tell you exactly how they work because that's secret. <laughs> oh, that's probably the secret sauce. Yeah, you, I mean it's nice because you have basically um, two types of plans, right? If you download the app, you can just run it, but it's a little bit limited, right? And then you have a pro feature. Exactly. So we wanted to make sure that if you download the app, you can try for free. So without the trial, even all of the features which make the app special. So you can use all of the layout features. You can do all of the stuff, all of the stuff which is really new about the app. Uh, but obviously, we also need to um, make some money. So we um, had, have like the pro features. So if you want to have specific colors or specific styling, etc., then you can buy the app either via subscription or via one-time purchase. And um, I hope that gives a good opportunity for users to try everything out, see what makes the app special, and then uh, pay for it if they want to create some really nice looking graphs. And also, if you like choose your subscription and cancel it, you will still be able to open all of your files without losing anything in the free version. And also, you can send the files to other people and they can open them with the free version, even edit them. They just can't adjust the colors, but the colors will still stay there and you can save them again. So, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, the pricing is not too bad. It's just $30 for a lifetime fee. So what's the point of having a subscription if I could just pay that one price? Well, we just wanted to give users a choice, right? Um, personally, I, I mean, originally we wanted to go with the subscription route because like other apps, they also do this because if you want, we want to maintain the app for a very long time. Um, so a subscription is often something which we have seen other developers do because it just gives you like the recurring revenue so you can um, justify keeping updating the app. 
Um, but in our case, like we know users don't always like subscriptions and we personally also feel like, like it's an app you won't probably won't use it every day for like uh, three years, right? You will probably use it sometimes. And um, that's why we personally probably would prefer a one-time purchase. So we added a one-time purchase, but also gave the option of having a subscription for some users who maybe only need it for like two months for to finish maybe their bachelor's thesis or something. And um, we offer both. We put the pricing in such a way that uh, we don't feel any option is obviously better than the other. So it's a true choice for the users. And we have also seen from the data that um, actually it's a pretty reasonably equal split between all of the different options. So many users are actually choosing the subscription, but also uh, many users choose the one-time purchase. Uh, so it seems to be that people actually enjoy both or are interested in both. For the subscription, are people buying month by month or yearly? Both. Um, I think, I mean, most people start with the uh, monthly uh, subscription, uh, probably because they, uh, they want to try out the app. Uh, at first, um, and we cannot, unfortunately, I think the App Store does not give us the option to offer a free trial for like two weeks, uh, like we do with the subscriptions for the one-time purchase. So obviously the subscription is um, the best, op is the only option if you want to try the pro features for free, um, but you can then cancel. And then once it has run out, you can buy the one-time purchase again. Um, but the retention is a bit higher, I think, for the yearly purchase. Uh, so in the end, if you look at the actual paying users, it's it's not that uh, wage one way or the other. Now, do you have an idea about the amount of volume that you guys are selling, or is that a, a secret? I mean, right now it's not a very high volume. We haven't really started our marketing campaign yet uh, because uh, we are still adding some more features and uh, looking at some feedback, etc. It's like the first real uh, product which we are launching, right? So far we have been developing um, for our clients. We have been developing software for them. We have been doing support contracts, etc. So we know how software development and maintenance works, uh, but we haven't really had our own products which we sold directly to consumers yet. Uh, so we just want to gather some experience and now the feedback seems to be pretty good. So we will probably over the next few weeks um, release some big updates. Uh, there are some very big updates incoming and then we will start doing some more marketing and also like currently it's only on macOS, but we build it with Flutter. You can imagine that we don't want to stay just on macOS, etc. So we will expand uh, further and then the volume will hopefully also go up significantly. What, what was the reason for choosing Flutter? This, this is a really good question. You talked about how Dart is really good in terms of the Dart, or like language itself. It, it's quite uh, performant enough for what you want to do, right, with the algorithm. Yeah, um, the language, I mean, that's that's one reason, right? The, the performance is pretty good. I mean, I can imagine maybe with uh, JavaScript, with Electron, we might have had some more trouble. Um, but um, to be honest, one of the, the main reasons was when we started developing um, QuickFlow, um, we, we looked at different options, right? We also considered native development uh, and made some prototypes there. Um, but I personally have quite a lot of experience uh, with Flutter already. So I started using Flutter. Actually, I wrote my first Flutter app in 2018. So not too long after Flutter was initially, uh, the 1.0 was released and uh, have been developing various Flutter apps uh, since then. So it was obviously one of the first uh, things I thought of. And um, obviously other options like Electron also exist for desktop applications, um, but we do not want to be stuck just on the desktop, right? We also want to release like probably next platform will probably be iPad OS and uh, iOS probably, and uh, then maybe Android. Uh, so 
we will uh, not just stick to the desktop and I think Flutter might be a little bit easier to port uh, to, to the mobile platforms uh, than Electron, which is uh, mostly just a desktop. And uh, personally, I'm also like a bit annoyed that, that so many, a lot of the Electron apps don't have very good performance. I didn't know the very good user experience. And uh, with uh, Flutter, it's, it's pretty performant, uh, although you sometimes don't feed it because there's like a bit of an issue on macOS that it doesn't sync correctly to the screen refresh rate. So it can start a little, although it's actually very performant. Um, so it always runs at an unsteady 60 FPS, which is not perfectly synced, uh, which isn't uh, the ideal, but we hope they will fix it. And um, and it also has a lower memory footprint than you see on many um, electron apps. So we we chose it because we have lots of experience with it and because it um, is, seemed like a good choice of this and compared to native development, maybe that's also important. Um, we felt like, first of all, we would have been stuck on, on macOS if we, if we wrote like a native Cocoa app and we would like to um, expand maybe also to Windows or maybe to the web at, at some point and Flutter gives us that option. And also the documentation and developer experience, I feel, are much better with Flutter. So um, documentation, definitely, because uh, and, and the developer experience with Hot Reload, etc., is really preferable, at least to me. Yeah, I was just thinking um, about about the really good path. I mean, I guess one of the one of the first steps would be for you to start getting it to work on Windows, right? That'd probably be the easiest way. <laughs> that would definitely be. Um, good because the user base on Windows is obviously much larger than on uh, macOS. Although there are some, um, that's all our current user base, obviously they are Mac users, right? So they are on the Apple ecosystem already. And so the most requested platform from our users so far is that we should support iPad OS. Um, so we probably, if you listen to feedback, we probably will just go like the whole Apple ecosystem first, and then we will expand um, to Windows. Um, but also there is um, like the, the thing, we have like a subscription option at least. Like if one-time purchase, we also have subscription. And if users use uh, QuickFlow on multiple different platforms, we want them to be able to um, access uh, the pro features which they are paying for uh, with just their one subscription, right? We don't want them to have to subscribe again just because they're using it on Win uh, Windows and on macOS. Um, so we need to be able to share the, the subscription state across uh, platforms. And for subscription management, we use uh, Revenue Catch right now. And it uh, supports like all of the Apple platforms and so also supports Android. Uh, on Android, it also supports the Amazon store, but it doesn't support uh, like the Windows store or any um, solution that really works on Windows natively. So you would have to build some kind of a custom integration or wait for them to build the Windows version. So in that sense, it would be a bit more complicated to go to Windows because right now, like Revenue Cat uh, doesn't really support it uh, there. And I'm not sure if there are really that many other um, frameworks which compete with Revenue Cat, which properly support all of the platforms. Okay. Yeah, no, that that, that also makes sense too. I'm just kind of curious about, um, about um, why I start with Mac OS versus what you said, the you know, most amount of potential customers are probably in Windows, right? Yeah. Um, to be honest, uh, it's partly because we build the tool because we ourselves want it and we use Mac OS. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, and also, 
like the universal purchases uh, make it very easy for us then to, to do this, the thing I just talked about within those pretty easily on uh, on the Apple platform side. So we can ex easily expand then to um, iPadOS and to iOS, which also expands our user base significantly. We will maybe, I mean, I probably don't shouldn't announce too much here, <laughs> um, but maybe we will also look into um, going to setup, which... Uh, ask them if we can be included there because I think it's also like for the way people use an app like this, this is probably also a good option. Um, so there's there's like a nice ecosystem on on um, macOS and the Apple ecosystem where we can like expand and try out stuff without too much of a hurdle and we can use it ourselves because we believe if you use your own product yourself, you will build a better product, right? A lot of the feedback, a lot of the stuff comes from our internal users who use, who use the app. And uh, I, we just think this is a good way to start. But we build it using Flutter, so we have the option of also expanding to other operating systems eventually. Yeah, I, I totally forgot that. I think there's a lot of people who would be using this on iPad. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I feel like it's such an iPad app. Now that you mentioned iPad, yeah, it, it appears so because it's many people have asked for it already. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about how how the porting process would be. Have you guys started to work on that yet? I mean, I haven't um, started porting it to iPad yet. I mean, I did do a little bit of a prototype on seeing how quickly could I get it to run on, on the web, um, which was not that slowly just to get it to, to run initially. Um, but I must say Flutter on desktop um, is not completely mature yet, right? For example, there is no multi-window support. Um, there is there were some issues with like how the input is handled, how the gestures are handled, how the menus are handled, um, some of which has been addressed in, in subsequent um, Flutter releases, although I think most of the solutions are still not fully capable enough to solve our needs. So we had to write quite a lot of custom platform-specific code uh, for macOS. And um, we would obviously need to write all of that stuff again on uh, on another platform. Particularly, um, the multi-window support is kind of a hack right now, right? QuickFlow supports multi-window, although Flutter does not support multi-window. So what we essentially do is for each new window, we spawn essentially a new Flutter application in each window and then um, make them communicate with each other via the native application. And um, I have read some GitHub issues that maybe this might not work on, on Windows. I haven't tried it out yet, uh, but what you need to see if it works on iPad OS, for example. Um, so, and we will also have to see how well the pen input uh, works, etc. because obviously if you go to the iPad, we want to support all input uh, modalities uh, correctly. And uh, since we had to do quite some stuff to even get like chin trackpad uh, support properly done on, on Mac OS, uh, we might have to do some stuff uh, on, on iPad OS as well. Uh, so I expect that it might not be the easiest porting process, but most of the Flutter code itself is probably going to port straight over. Yeah, I'm, I'm also thinking about um, running the app using like split screen. You know how you can have two apps running at the same time on, on there? I think that would be pretty useful that you'd want to look at one app while making your your um, your mapping on the other, right? Yeah. And this is definitely something which you would want to support if you go to iPad OS, yes. And also like multiple documents side by side, etc. Yeah, well, yeah, that would also be kind of useful too, to to drag and drop from one to another, <laughs> if that's even possible. Yeah, or at least to copy and paste, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what we currently support on macOS. 
uh, would need to so so uh, that's how it how this app is set up that you can have multiple documents so each document is its own window um, so in general we should be able to support this on ipad os as well and since the app is also like responsive etc uh, but would need to look into what what the specific challenges will be particularly as well it doesn't support it yet so right now we are considering maybe we will wait until there's official multi-window support in flutter because they are working on it uh, right now they have also like already shown some um, proof of concept of it so maybe we will wait until they, that is ready and then we will start porting to additional platforms uh, because it will be much cleaner because they have one Flutter app with multiple windows rather than one native app with multiple Flutter apps. Now, um, is there any native Mac features that you're working with besides, of course, I mean, you're, you're running through and, and you're kind of communicating multi-window, multi, multi uh, window, right? But I'm not really going to count that. I'm talking about maybe integrations with iCloud or something like that. No, we haven't uh, integrated with iCloud uh, right now. Maybe we will do so in the future, but right now, I mean, you can save the files to whatever cloud provider you want. Um, so in that sense, you can you can do it. Um, I mean, we haven't. I don't think we have built some some very fancy um, native features. Uh, but we have built like this the standard features right we have built a doc integration we have built a share extension integration we have built a custom clipboard features we have built custom gesture support we have, we have even had to rebuild in some ways the how mouse clicks are handled uh, and mouse tracks uh, because there were also some issues there um we have uh, build some uh, completely custom uh, main menu and context menu system, uh, which allows us to define all of the, the items in Flutter and then um, use them both as context menu items and main menu items, including images, etc. Um, so we have built like a lot of the basic stuff ourselves uh, just to get the app to work and feel native enough for, for our users who, who, who might not be Flutter fans and might not be so forgiving if the app doesn't feel close enough to a native application. And also like the opening documents, having the app associated with documents, etc. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of rebuilding, right? How long did it take you guys to work on this app? I think we worked on it, I mean, not not completely only on this app uh, for like one, one and a half years. Now, what what was the catalyst to start working on something like this? Because there's so many different tools even one and a half years ago there's quite a few tools right especially for mac yeah there's quite a lot of tools for mac um one of the catalysts was internally we wanted to like just try out like building uh, our own products and sell it but um why particularly this product um because first of all it we, we want something like this ourselves uh, something like this does not exist yet like i i claim that this is the first app which does this same workflow uh, in this way like this there has been no other app uh, which which allows you to do this i mean there is like a web tool which is called not end to do to advertise our competition uh, it it also allows you to create like flowcharts with like uh, a keyboard like workflow um, but they don't have as much like um, it's not as fluid as, as ours and, and they lack some of the features which we have. And it's also like a, a web app and isn't like it's as integrated into your operating system, et cetera. Um, so I, I think we are, it's a very novel idea. It's a very novel product, which hasn't existed yet before. And we wanted, and we just wanted it to exist ourselves. So this is why we built this kind of, of application. And also there's like some synergies with some of the other stuff we are doing on a technical level, uh, which I probably shouldn't disclose right now, uh, how this works exactly, but um, there's also some internal um, 
benefits to having this kind of a system. You did mention that you have some upcoming features, right? Are you allowed to talk about those now? Yes. Um, so one of the features, so some of the features which you're working on is right now you have styling, like you can change the colors, etc. You can change the shapes. Um, but for each node, you essentially have to do it manually. And uh, this is obviously, if you have like a graph, you probably, you have like three or four different types of nodes, which you want to have, right? And you don't want to build them manually or copy them over, etc. So we have a feature in the works, which is uh, automatically analyzing your graph and extracting which kinds of node styles you have in there and also connector styles. And then uh, gives makes gives you easy access to them to just style your nodes with these existing node styles. And in combination with that, we will also introduce a feature where there are different like templates and you create a new file, you can choose like a theme, right? You choose a dark theme, a bright theme, a blue, brown, etc. right? Where there are predefined um, colors and node styles and connector styles in there already so that you don't have to design your own style necessarily each time as you have to do right now. Uh, so this should uh, make the app much more quickly usable. It's called QuickFlow after all um, for users and, and also put some of the burden away because so this is one of the next features. Um, probably after that, uh, yeah, and we are also working on a feature. I mean, I can also tell about some other features. We're also working on a snapping feature, right? Right now you have to manually uh, place all of the, the nodes and it's a bit hard to, um, to get them to align, right? Because the layout is mostly handled automatically for most of the nodes, but they are like root nodes, right? Which the other nodes are attached to and to align those, um, is a bit difficult right now. So we are working on a snapping feature, which will help you, like, you know, from other apps, like, to, to align everything properly. And then also probably in the not too distant future, we will probably introduce a dark mode uh, because uh, lots of people use that. And um, we think uh, if we build that, that will probably be pretty nice for them <laughs> if, if, if they don't get blinded uh, by the app. So these are some of the features which will probably arrive in the immediate and the not too distant future. Yeah, I, I really hate light mode. It's, it does feel a little bit burning in your eyes. I don't know if it's just me or what, but I literally feel burning in my eyes sometimes for some of these apps. Yeah. So that then you will be very happy uh, at some point in the future. <laughs> I always flip everything to dark mode as soon as I can. Um, yeah, that's really extensive. I mean, how many other products are you guys working on at the moment? And are they also Flutter? I mean, right now, this is the only product. The, product this is the only real product we're obviously working on other projects as i said right we are doing like these research projects have client projects etc um but this is the only product which we are currently really working on um there might be some plans for other things but the first one to get quick flow like in a very good state and we want to keep the i mean we will probably always have some people working just on quick flow and um then we might expand into different products in the future but for now quick flow is the focus uh, we want to get this uh, we don't think it has reached its full potential yet, and we also want to make our we have we have customers, we people keep keep um, downloading it, keep buying it, and we want to make them happy first. Um, I, I'm kind of curious about how did because when I looked at your website, one of the first things that popped out upper upper left hand corner was uh, AI, right? And Dart's not really an AI kind of language, right? Now, now, how much Dart do you guys actually do, or was this the very first uh, Dart Flutter project? I mean, this, uh, for our company, um, this is, I think, the, the only major Dart Flutter project right now. Although, 
like I have worked for before at the uh, German Research Center for Artificial Intelligence, and I actually started using Flutter there uh, because um, AI, like it's it's a big topic, and there we do lots of research. And what do you need uh, for AI? You need lots of data usually, and uh, to gather the data, you often need apps to gather the data, right? And uh, what do you build the apps with? Well, Flutter is a pretty good solution there. Um, so no, we don't uh, write AI using Dart. Uh, but you can still work in the realm of AI and uh, use Dart for that, right? Okay. So w w were you the one that brought Flutter into the company or was it already there? I mean, I mean, the, the company is really got, got big when I was, was there. Um, so I... And did I bring Dart there? Well, I'm the I'm yeah I'm the primary person who who started using Dart and Flutter there. Although the, my colleagues also um, liked Dart and Flutter, but they were working more like with React and uh, TypeScript etc. for the front ends. Um, so I'm probably you could say I'm the primary driver behind uh, Dart and Flutter there. Yes. Now, how did Dart and Flutter get on your radar? You said just because uh, you're working at the previous company and they had started using it to kind of wrangle all the data together. Yeah, and then actually, like uh, a lot of the people I worked with at uh, the German Research Center for Artificial Intelligence, uh, DFKI, um, they are now my business partners at this company. Um, so they don't use it themselves, but they told me uh, back then, they were my bosses, right? Uh, they told me um, that is a nice new technology. You can try it out back in 2018. And that's how I started using it. And then uh, we just uh, used it for successfully for different projects. And then when here at this company, which we have, we have founded ourselves, um, we had to do similar things where it was useful. We also used it. Like, I mean, we have written some internal tools here yet uh, as well. Um, but we, 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 we generally, even with AI, right, we, we try to solve problems. We don't try to use this technology specifically or that technology specifically. Um, we try to solve problems. We look at the problem and then we choose whichever tool or technology is appropriate for that. Right? We don't try to wrangle Flutter into everything. We don't try to wrangle AI into everything. Uh, we just try to look at what is the problem uh, and then solve it accordingly. Now, it's kind of interesting that you say that because it sounds like Flutter has both solve some problems but also brought new problems right yeah that is true um it is obviously the advantages are obvious to to building it uh, in flutter versus uh, building it i mean i already talked about it electron or native apps uh, but i also talked about the, the issues right Flutter is not completely mature yet um for for desktop platforms um yeah, but I th still think overall it it was worth it uh, to to wrangle with these problems because we are now much more flexible for future developments than we would be with the other options. And um, I think the other options they also would have had some kinds of troubles, right? Uh, and um, so we, we we did go through some pains there, but overall also with like the better better developer experience, etc. Um, I think it was worth it. Now, I, I always like to hear, I mean, obviously this podcast is all about Flutter. So, I mean, I could go on and on about all the positive things, right? Now, if you could name the top three to five negative parts about working with Flutter for this application, what what would you would you say? I think you've kind of already mentioned, you know, multi-window support is a bit of a hack and a problem, right? I mean, you don't have to use this one, but that's a really good one, I think. That's definitely one of the top ones. Then, I mean, mostly like, basic feature support, obviously, like 
the the con the the menu system. I mean, I, th I think they have one now. Uh, it doesn't support all of the features which we would need yet, uh, like all of the other kinds of these the small things, right? Like like being able to copy stuff other than uh, plain text without having to implement it um, yourself. Um, having like the app actually refresh at a screen refresh rate instead of like this this monkey sixty fps thing on a promotion display. Having like maybe the ability to build like a document app which is associated with some document with some document type uh, in some more native and cross-platform way like all of the stuff which we had to build which is now which was a lot of pain and uh, which which now uh, chains us a little bit to the macOS platform if that was all a bit better natively supported like it is in, in electron etc so that's actually it's actually mostly it, like like feature support uh, and bug fixes uh, related to desktop support okay now, have you discovered any bugs while working with Flutter and submit them back to the Flutter team? Because I think you guys have done some pretty deep diving, right? Yes, we um, have d discovered uh, some bugs, uh, like this. I mean, this, 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 this screen refresh uh, thing, and like also a memory leak when you um, un and when you when you when, with our hack, when we open a new Flutter window and close it again, then not all of the memory gets released uh, because uh, somehow the Flutter engine doesn't get cleaned up properly because it doesn't expect to be opened and closed again. Um, this is we also reported, and uh, but I think they probably will they will probably just implement real multi window support instead of fixing this. Uh, we have reported one bug which they actually have fixed and which was uh, released in Flutter, um, which is when you ha open. The emoji picker on a text field that is in a, inside of a transform on interactive viewer, uh, the emoji picker always appeared on the bottom left of the screen uh, instead of at the text field location. Uh, so we reported that and I actually fixed that. And now the uh, emoji picker always appears on the correct location, even in the transform canvas. Uh, so we have sent, uh, we have opened some issues and uh, they acknowledged them. And uh, some of them are fixed, some of them might be fixed in the future. Okay. I mean, it sounds like it's been a real interesting kind of uh, journey. Are you finding lots of interesting bugs? Yeah. I mean, not many apps probably built using Flutter are like this, right? Where usually you have some kinds of screens and then you navigate between the screens, etc. I mean, we barely have any navigation structure in our app. We just have one huge screen with like a canvas uh, where there could be hundreds of items on there and uh, which, which can be transformed, etc. And that's a pretty different use case uh, compared to what Flutter normally is used for. Uh, but it still, it works. I mean, we built some prototypes initially because we weren't sure ourselves if, if this would even work from a performance perspective, for example. What happens if you have like a canvas uh, with, with like uh, 200, 300 nodes and transform it? Uh, but uh, we built some prototypes initially and it was promising and uh, it is uh, still working pretty well now, although we had to have to do some optimizations to how we structure our, our, our widgets, et cetera, to make sure that it doesn't uh, bog down when you navigate the, the canvas, but also when you like track certain widgets across the canvas. Okay. Yeah, that, that seems quite full. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't have any more questions because I feel like we, we've gone through quite a lot. You're quite a fast talker for, for somebody who's not a native English speaker. <laughs> and I understood all of it, right? And I think uh, you've, you've definitely given me some good perspectives. And, and uh, I, think, I think the the hack that you guys have for opening up multiple instances and communicating natively is, is definitely one way to do it. And, and I'm curious because there's also, I think there's a, uh, some multi-window support and some other apps. I'm wondering if they're doing the same thing or not. Probably. 
Yeah, so it sounds like the native way to go, right? So that's that's interesting. We, we, I, I looked at like some of the open source solutions there, and I think most of them use the same hack um, to to get multi-window support. Yeah, the only other thing I'm kind of curious about is is there uh, some uh, packages that really help to make your app very useful that you can talk about? Like some packages that are saying like this this package is useful, that package is useful in our app. There are many. There are many. There are many. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I did see like when we sent over the question sheet, you, you answered MobX and Provider. You're using both at the same time, right? Yes, exactly. We use a Provider to provide the MobX stores. Uh, MobX is very, very helpful. Uh, originally, we didn't use, uh, we, used, uh, we tried to do it without MobX or some other state management solutions. But with MobX, like your reaction, so you can really selectively react to all kinds of things. Um, it's really helpful and also so far we didn't run into any performance issues because with some of these uh, things we also have lots of computed um, um, variables um, we, we, we need to have a lot of complex interdependencies and uh, it hunts it very well uh, although sometimes the debugging can be a bit uh, difficult because it breaks sometimes it breaks like stepping through the debugging uh, so MobX is definitely one which is very helpful uh, for us like we, we also use like for the calculations of the connectors, we use the Bezier package uh, because you have to do like mathematical calculations for like the heat testing, etc. Um, we have like obviously all of the, the JSON serializable annotation packages uh, for file formats, etc. Um, UIED package. I mean, lots of these 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 uh, also pretty standard packages. The revenue cut package made it pretty easy to um, to do the in-app purchase uh, things and subscription uh, things, and yeah, these 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 are some of the most noteworthy packages. Also, like the undo package, um, we, we used to because we, undo redo is like must be supported by a proper editor, right? Um, so so we use that as a basis for building our undo redo system, um, and it also works. Uh, I mean, it, it is pretty complicated in some cases because it supports some pretty complex operations, uh, but but we also make a pretty heavy use of, of these kinds of systems. I'm also kind of curious about the, uh, the 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 file, right? So so you have a custom file type that you save all the data, right? Yeah, and it's essentially actually pretty simple. So we the actual file format is in JSON, and um, we also save like a PDF. Preview uh, for quick for quick look, uh, which we have implemented also ourselves, and um, then we just package it in a zip file essentially, uh, and this is then the file format. So it's very small, usually usually only a few kilobytes each of our files, um, but it supports a high quality preview, and um, it's also just a JSON file essentially, uh, which stores our actual file format. And you said you can share this with other people and work together on them, or how does that work? I mean, it's just files. You can do with them whatever you want, right? You can send them to anyone you want to send them to. Um, you can, could even write your own tool to, to read the, the JSON uh, data structure. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to do that, they probably should contact us so we can tell them the file format, uh, how it works. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a file, right? You can do with it whatever you can do with the file, right? We don't. We do not currently have like real-time collaboration features. Um, we might build that in the future, uh, but it's obviously a pretty complex feature. So uh, we, we will see if if enough people use QuickFlow, we might uh, think that this investment is worth it. Yeah, it would be interesting to have this QuickFlow on something like a Figma online, and mm -hmm. people can work together. That'd be kind of cool. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe this, uh, because Flutter has web support, maybe it's even possible to build such integrations, right? Then use the Flutter web export and then integrate it as a website somehow into these tools or also maybe in Teams or something like that. Um, that it would be interesting. <laughs> You know, I mean, it'd also be interesting to to like share it with somebody and like if you have the app installed, it open up natively. If not, you can use this kind of guest view, which is basically the web app, right? I think that'd be that'd be kind of interesting. That's actually yeah, that's also not so just so yeah, we mean just some kind of web viewer. Wait a minute, I need a consulting fee to answer this kind of question. <laughs> if you're asking me, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it would be you know I, I think because you you can have um what's it called deep linking, right? Mm -hmm. So with that deep linking, if you had the app installed, it would automatically open up the app on your computer. And if you didn't, then obviously the website open up and then you can edit together, you know, whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. If if you can get a way to yeah, to do open the file automatically in the web browser from the operating system itself. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost wondering if you'd have some kind of I mean, one way you can probably do it would be if you had some kind of intermediary server, you'd have a socket connection from you know obviously the host computer up to that server and then that would be broadcasted down from you know the other side connecting that could be one way to do it yeah yeah i think we will look into some of these uh, sharing and collaboration features more in the future um i mean first we will probably go through like the apple ecosystem and put it on all of the different apple platforms or natively and then um, we will see if there's enough demand uh, build these kinds of features because that would be be very cool definitely yeah definitely okay i, I have seen some demos of like real-time collaborations built already with flutter apps and uh, so so there's definitely you wouldn't be the first probably to build that feature at least <laughs> no i mean this it seems like nowadays everybody's doing some time of real-time uh, collaboration of some sort real-time connections and all that stuff so it shouldn't be too hard and i know for sure you can do it in dart because i've seen a guy who made last time last episode we have a guy who made a a video game and he did everything in binary format and he has a really nice looking video game that all runs in the browser so it was quite surprising yeah it's pretty cool i mean essentially flutter works like a game engine but for apps right because it paints all of its own pixels etc yeah you get quite specific so yeah cool i mean like i said i i don't have any more questions and i think you know you answered everything and in, in beyond and it's really exciting what you were able to to build thank you yeah. So, I mean, is there is there anything else I've missed, or is there some kind of shout out you want to do, or anything before we wrap up? Yeah, shout out to my colleagues who helped build and design and feedback the app, <laughs> and um, I was very glad uh, to be on your podcast. And I hope your listeners find it useful. Yeah, I know there's lots of people love to use this kind of app. For me, it's I don't see the the value in it, but I do like to take notes with a pen. So maybe it's a digital way of doing the same thing, where you can also sometimes draw out a flow. So well, maybe I, I should probably try it out. It's the, the free version, right? I mean, we will probably build like the, the, the pen support if we build the iPad version. I think we need to see how, how well we can support it. But I think there are some interesting opportunities there, right? To build like an, an app which kind of mixes together some of the advantages of the pen and the, some automatic layout stuff. Yeah, I do remember seeing people talking about iPad and pen quite some time ago. So there must be some decent support for it. Yeah, definitely for the scribble feature at least. Oh yeah, or, or to to mark to mark up somebody's terrible, uh, you know, <laughs> mapping, you know, to grade it right. No, I mean it's uh, when you when you enter like a text into a text field on the iPad, you can write with the pen, and then instead of typing, 
and then it will enter it as text. So yeah, scri scribble the text or something like that. Yeah, that's that's definitely supported. I think I read it. Yeah, but I thought you were talking about like uh, drawing custom shapes or something like that to be part of the diagram. Yeah, that is uh, definitely an interesting thing. I mean, I'm not sure if you will build it for this uh, or, or if it's even the most efficient way to do it um, for this kind of app. Um, but it's definitely an interesting thing. And we will have some kind of pen support if you build an iPad app so you can easily use all of that with the app, I hope. Okay. Uh, well, for sure, you have to be able to support the finger, right? So, yeah, I guess being a pen shouldn't be too much more difficult. It'd probably be more smaller, more precise, right? Yeah. And some additional opportunities like different text inputs, et cetera. So, but it should probably be similar to a mouse in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's always, it always makes me very angry, like when, when I have like a, a delivery driver, right? They drop off something that asks me to write my name with my finger. That makes me so angry, you know? It's always so difficult. And it never looks any way close to your signature, right? My signatures don't look the same no matter if I use a pen or not, to be honest. I always get in trouble with the bank. They actually ask me to like, quote unquote, forge my own signature. It's like, this is your signature. Can you copy this? I'm like, wait a minute, you want me to copy my own signature? We can't say that, but this is what your signature looks like. Can you please? <laughs> Uh, look at this for reference or something. I forgot how the words they use. Well, that's definitely how it was intended to be used. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, this, the banks are crazy. Anyways, again, uh, thanks for your time. And uh, I love the app. That's why I asked you to come on. And uh, I learned a lot from from uh, your experiences. And, and I hope people will also learn a lot from you know what you talked about today too. Thank you as well. And if you want to try QuickFlow, it's on the Mac App Store. Yeah, it's uh, the website's Q or sorry, yeah, Q U I K F L O dot A P P, right? Exactly. It's like QuickFlow, but without the C. So how you would intuitively spell it, but without the C and then dot F. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on, and uh, maybe we'll have you back again in the future. Thank you. Would be glad to.